It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicon, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. new week and what a brand new week it is rife with morans militant military madcap morans it's moran monday on the horn hi it is the ninth day of october 2025 this is the horn head on is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes that's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry wacky zany real-time madcap multimedia extravaganza it is the horn chat room during the three hours in which this program is live Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, all time zones in between in the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for being a part of this community. Whether you listen to it in delay via the podcast or whether you listen live and on whatever platform where you choose to listen, thanks for being a part of a remarkable little community nearly 20 years in the making. Hi, I'm Robin. And, uh, I, I, I'm not going to kid. I, I'm not, I'm just going to be, I've been, I don't often dread airtime. I've been kind of dreading this today. Because of what the dominant topic is. Because there's no way to talk about it without pissing someone off. And I know I will. So it's because there's no right, there's no, there's no right or there's no right way to talk about this. Because the responses on either side are always almost uniformly horrible. And if you try to uh, seek some sort of sensible middle, uh, you're gonna you're gonna fail miserably. But we will get into it, and we will get into the things around it. Sometimes the things around it are, wind up being more important than the thing itself. Did I say 2025? Oh my God, Darlene, I'm sorry. Well, like I said, it is October. Darlene said, "Hang on, it's 2025. Who's president?" LOL. It is the ninth day of October, 2023. Sorry. 
Roxy Pilgrim came unstuck in time for a minute. 2025. And, ah. <laughs> but at least you caught it. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh, I meant to do that. No, I didn't. But anyway, thanks for being part of the community. Uh, if you're listening via the podcast, please like and subscribe. Uh, and mash that like button. Just oh, hammer it uh, with every episode. Leave a comment here and there. Um, I do appreciate them because I, I I get notified of the ones at Podbean. And I really do. I appreciate them. Had a note, uh, had a note from Colin who was having a hard time finding the, uh, uh, the, uh, PayPal button and said, uh, uh, I don't see the PayPal button in Safari, but then never mind, found the PayPal button. And then Colin said, love you so very much. I'm a daily listener to your podcast. Laughed so hard about a month ago when you said 45 has more chins than a Shanghai census. I kind of, I'm glad to know that. I, because, you know, there's, there's no, there's no footlights and there's no studio audience to look out over. So I don't, I don't know necessarily when, when one of y'all gets a giggle, but God knows we need those giggles. And, uh, it's just thanks for letting me know, Colin. Thank you so much. And uh, if if by the way you're listening live, well, feel free to run over to, like I said, head on dot live. Jump into the chat room, uh, enjoy the merry wacky zany, etc., and be greeted by the early arrivers, Theo and Squeaky and Irish Dave. Uh, Theo is a little bit uh, beside himself after an exciting weekend up in the wild blue yonder. Um, Theo. And his beloved went flying this weekend, and it looks like it was just a blast. And lo and behold, when I was when I went down to the settlements for provisions uh, this weekend, I thought of the uh, because the guy here who does the tourist flights over the New River Gorge has a 1943 Boeing Stearman biplane uh, painted blue with gold wings. And he goes up over the gorge. If we ever, Theo, if we ever do another horn in, you'll have to come and go for a ride there too. Uh, he's quite accomplished. He'll he'll go up over the gorge and he'll do uh, uh, hammerheads and Immelmans and um, if you want to do that kind of thing, fly you around upside down for a little bit, touch and goes. And uh, so I was walking. I was walking into the grocery store. And I heard that the, the, that roar of that, uh, that 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 unique roar of that World War II era engine, and turned just in time to see him uh, swooping down onto his his private airfield and taking off again. It's always inspiring. Uh, it really is. But. Uh, well, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. I can't believe I said it's 2025. Darlene, thank you. Where did that come from? Uh, but thank you uh, for, uh, to Colin for jumping in. And thank you to James and to Mary Bell and to Ralphs. Thank you to David in Oregon. Thanks so much to uh, uh, Gene and Ann across the pond and to Susan for Earth. 
Uh, thanks to Marsha. Marsha, thank you so very much. And to James. Thank you, James. So, uh, what does that do? Uh, let's see. That leaves our fundraising goal at um, 8.45. Not that bad. Not that bad. Manageable. Um, thank you so much for helping out. Uh, so let's see. What does that work out to? That's today. And So we're working on $245 for last Thursday. That's what we're doing to try to catch up. And listen, program note, look, you can you can tell I'm vamping, can't you? You can tell I'm trying to resist, or I'm not resisting, I'm just slow to dive into the, uh, the, the bloody abattoir that is that shithole hell space on the Levant uh, that, well, I, uh, I told our pal Joy in Ann Arbor that every time this shit breaks out over there, I think, to the late, I think back to the late great Bart Cop, who on his pages back in the early part of this century said, Listen, I think we should just offer the because Bart Bart lived in Oklahoma, uh, Tulsa to be particular, and God, he had the best fried chicken recipe. Never mind. But he said, I think we should give the entire state of Oklahoma to either the Israelis or the Palestinians, whichever people decides that they love their children more than some sacred sand. And uh, I, su- I think I suggested somewhere along the way purchasing Baja California from Mexico and giving that to you know, same principle. We're going to be talking about it. I'm not going to be happy about it. Because, well, here we go. Wait, wait. Program note. Okay. Program note. We are drawing ever nearer to the arrival of my new little granddaughter, Luna. And so, Annette and I up here, you know, they're down in Tennessee. Annette and I up here are in um, road preparation mode. We are, you know, we've got our we've got our uh, bug out bags packed, and there's a couple other little logistical hiccups that have to be dealt with. Jesus, Robin, don't say hiccups. You'll get them. But I don't know when that's going to happen because it's a little complicated. Necessarily, my son wants to be present for the birth of his daughter, as I would hope any father would. Um, but they don't have anybody to take care of of, of my six-year-old granddaughter and my uh, 16-months-old granddaughter. So it's probably going to entail calling an ambulance when it's time 
and sending my daughter-in-law off to the hospital by herself and him staying with the babies, which is why Annette and I, upon getting the word that the balloon has gone up, will hit the road as quickly as possible. I hope he doesn't miss the birth of his wonderful, wonderful daughter. But the upshot of all of that is that I'm probably going to miss a couple of programs. And I don't know, you know obviously, there's, they're not inducing or doing a C-section or anything like that. So... Uh, you know, this is just nature taking its course, and I have no idea when this is going to happen. It would be nice if I could get them to set the phone down there by um, where Luna presently is and say, Listen, sweetie, I love you, but you need to do this on a weekend. I don't think she's I don't think she'd get that. So if I if I'm not here a couple of days and I will. I'll put it out on social media and everything and try to remind everybody. But if I'm not here for a couple of days, that'll be why. We will be celebrating the arrival of our sweet, precious little um, granddaughter. And uh, that's our third, our third grandchild together. It's not a bad trip down there. But three hours down and three hours back is a little bit much to ask, especially because we don't know what, when it's going to happen. If I could afford it, I would just go down there, uh, get a motel. The, the rig goes on the road very easily and set up and broadcast from the motel room. But I don't think that's going to be possible. So that's the program note part of the program. Uh, by the way, I had a note from Larry in Liberalville who helped affect a genuine miracle that, so that we ended the month of September fully funded. Uh, Larry asked uh, three items. One, were the blue-haired non-binaries mentioned in your, in your intro uh, on Wednesday the result of a Smurf invasion several decades ago? No, 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 no. That, uh, you know, the, the, the elderly little old blue-haired men and little old blue-haired ladies uh, well, that's the rinse you put on. I mean, I literally had a little old blue-haired grandma. She would go to the beauty parlor once a week, and they put on this purple rinse that turns your hair blue. For a co- granny, granny would have been awesome in a disco with the black lights going on and everything. She would have lit right up. But no, uh, in, in, among the modern among the modern set, uh, blue hair is a favored color. I even thought about it, but then I thought, nah. I'll stay with the platinum. Um, Two, I also heard this expression decades ago, but I think it's going to be in the GOP platform for 2024. If we can't fix the problem, we'll fix the blame. Oh, and aren't they just already on that? Three, uh, Donald J. Trump, too smart to lose, too stupid to win. 2024 slogan? I know, I know. But <laughs> too smart to lose, too stupid to win. That's a hell of a middle ground. MAGA, the courage of their convictions. Asterisk, 
soon to be increased by four. Or 91. Thanks, Larry. Thank you so much. Why did I say 2025? I should have looked around. I should have checked some old lottery numbers while I was there. All right, here we are, more in Monday. We all know, I presume, and, and if you want to talk about this, this this evening, I welcome you to add your voice to the conversation because um, <laughs> maybe you can suck up some of the arrows that are going to come my way anyway. And the pity of it all is we have to talk, uh, talk about this Israel and Hamas thing and the, and the bloodshed and, 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 and the abattoir because it's, it's, it's sucking all the oxygen out of the room in terms of the news cycle, but there is other stuff out there. You know, we've got a House of Representatives in complete dysfunction. And somehow it, tie, it gets tied to this because uh, if we can't fix the problem, we'll fix the blame. certainly fits nicely here. Because the screeching has already started. Uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel, who does not want you to remember that she is in fact Bishop Willard Romney's niece, especially in light of the fact that uh, her uncle would not piss on MAGA or the MAGA cult if it was on fire. She got called out. She got called out by the White House, and rightly so. Uh, Saturday, on, of course, Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, a uh, talking head by the name of Griff Jenkins, Griff, I'm Griff, the news dog. I'm Griff, the propaganda dog. Stop that. Uh, Griff Jenkins asked Ronna Romney McDaniel on Saturday how Republican candidates were responding to the news coming out of Gaza. She, of course, stepped on a rake. She told Griff, the, I think this is a great opportunity for our candidates to contrast where Republicans have stood with Israel time and time again, and Joe Biden has been weak. And when America is weak, the world is less safe. We're not uh, seeing this, not just with the war in Ukraine and with an emboldened China, but now with an attack on Israel. Oh, honey, it ain't Joe Biden and it's not the Democrats who are trying to hang Ukraine out to dry. And that's part of what pisses me off about this, because it is so patently a uh, pooty poot joint that it couldn't be more obvious if the rockets, not missiles, I don't we don't have to have that conversation again, do we? What Hamas has are rockets. They are not guided. There is no precision. They are literally rocks thrown into the sky. 
The rocket goes up, who cares where it comes down? It's not my concern, says Werner von Braun. They're not the, ki- the kind of precision-guided munitions that, um, that uh, Israel has. You know, those things have a, a level of pre- guidance. You know, they can hit an individual, uh, an individual horsefly or, you know, baby in its crib with pinpoint precision. So, well, there's that. But like I said, this is a pooty affair. He's getting his ass handed to him in Ukraine. His vaunted Black Sea fleet is, for all intents and purposes, no more. He's losing ground in Crimea. And so he needed a diversion. And that diversion is Gaza. Hamas had a meeting with Putin in Moscow within recent memory. Meanwhile, Psycho Bibi Keskese has been obsessed with consolidating his fascist dictatorial powers by shutting down the Israeli Supreme Court's ability to strike his heavy-handed tactics down by judicial fiat. And we're uh, the last two days, of the news cycle has been nothing but whose fault is it? You know, where to fix the blame, Larry? Uh and so, you know, it'll, it'll be anybody but Psycho Baby. But the hypocrisy, the monumental hypocrisy of the Republicans, Ronna Romney McDaniel among them, to say that somehow the Republicans would, no, no. And bless their heart, uh, White House Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates said, no one can ever welcome this kind of hideous behavior or try to divide the country when we need to be united, speaking of Ronna Romney McDaniel. At least nine Americans have lost their lives in these brutal terrorist attacks against the state of Israel. Hundreds of additional innocent people are dead, while apparently some individuals like Ronna Romney McDaniel consider this loss of life and pain a great opportunity, most Americans see it as a horrific tragedy. As the administration provides assistance to the Israeli Defense Force, this is a moment in which all Americans, regardless of political views, should stand shoulder to shoulder with one of our closest allies. And she is odious. Ronna Romney McDaniel, but she's been that for a very long time. And the much, the, the, one of the questions that has to be answered is how did the much vaunted Israeli intelligence system, Shin Bet, 
uh, Mossad, one of the most competent and complex spying networks in the world, miss this. Because this was a full-on assault. This was a breakout. And they missed it. Now, there is some news, and I heard heard someone this morning say, oh, it's just the vilest propaganda. I don't know. The first casualty of war is truth, right? But just as in 2001, a dim leader was handed a, a, a CIA daily briefing titled, Bin Laden Determined to Strike in U.S., and he had previously been handed the Hart-Rudman report that said, wow, do we have problems uh, with our airport security. He handed that report off to hell of a heck of a job Brownie, who had only recently become head of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, his previous job having been president of the Arabian Horse Association. Just as all of that happened before the terrorist attacks of 2001, uh, there's a report indicating that information coming out of Egypt says an Egyptian official reached out to Psycho Bibi and said, we don't know what it is, but there's something big cooking in Gaza. And let's do remember that Gaza is, in fact, the world's largest open-air internment camp. Psycho Bibi had the nerve to tell civilians to get out of Gaza when getting out of Gaza is the one thing they cannot do because of closed borders. It has been announced that Gaza is now officially under siege And electricity, clean water, and food are now denied to the area when it hasn't exactly been free-flowing before. So innocent civilians will be deprived of electricity and food and clean water. That means the hospitals will be rendered ineffective. And so the innocents who are are killed in Gaza will have no recourse to decent medical care. And the hostages that Hamas took will also be suffering that same fate. Hospitals are still functioning for people who are hurt in rocket attacks in Israel. Um, forgive me for saying this and maybe I I don't ever want to work the Alex Jones side of the street but this presents an opportunity to Bibi Netanyahu 
to send the IDF into Gaza and just, you know, implement a final solution for the Palestinians there. And just scrub the map clean, annex it, and start putting up settlements and kibbutzes. Because I think genocide has been his personal goal all along. Bibi Netanyahu is Israel's problem. There are sane and saner voices there. Um, Lou in PA points out the Jerusalem reporter for the Times of London suggested Bibi reassigned the army away from Gaza toward defending the West Bank settlements at the behest of his writer-wing coalition partners. Yeah, because that's the weird part. Bibi's not the biggest fascist in the Israeli government. I have not, I, I mean, I've heard that there are like seven or perhaps nine uh, Americans who are hostages, Lou asking, any idea how many uh, and how many are dual citizens of Israel? I, I don't know as to the dual citizenship question. And it's really weird, though, because Friday, after we wrapped up Friday on the front porch, I saw a story that, I know, my priorities are all misplaced. But I saw a story coming out of Israel, and the the Israeli-Israelis were horrified. A pair of sculptures that came from the second century of the Common Era were put on display in Israel, and a visitor to the museum where they were on display, part of the permanent collection, an American citizen went into that display and knocked those two nearly 2,000-year-old pieces of sculpture to the floor, shattering them. At the same time, screaming, this goes against the Torah. My first thought, and this is before the shit, the, the shit starts to go down in Gaza, so, you know, I, it's not like I had, you know, that was just in the moment, was, ha, huh, how about that? Because I immediately remembered what, um, 2001, 2002, when was it that the Taliban dynamited the Bamiyan Buddhas in Afghanistan because it goes against the Quran? I mean, that was literally their reason. Once again, a reminder, it's it's not the faith systems themselves, it is the fundamentalist interpretation thereof. There are reasonable versions of Islam and there are reasonable versions of Judaism. The guy who knocked the the, the, the sculptures over in the museum in Israel was not a member thereof, nor were the Taliban blowing up those ancient and exquisite statues Massive statues carved into the rock itself of the Buddha. 
they are they are hell bent on dragging the modern world back into the Bronze Age. Uh, what's that, Arnold? Uh, Arnold says, final solution moment in Gaza? Yes. There is no way they didn't know it was coming. And I've seen that from a number of quarters, that this is a lie hop. A let it happen on purpose. You remember back with uh, 9-11, the, 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 uh, the people divided into two camps, the my hoppers and the lie hoppers, made it happen on purpose versus let it happen on purpose. Um, let's see. The Buddhas of Bamiyan. Thank you, Ralphs. Uh, Ralphs serving as the horn ad hoc um, ancient Buddhist sculpture research committee. Um, must have been something to see. Those Bamiyan Buddhas. And uh, starting in March of 2001, the uh, monsters of the Taliban began blowing those sculptures up. And uh, when when I read the news of what was happening in Gaza and what was happening uh, in the settlements nearest Gaza, down in the Negev Desert, I couldn't help about, but think of that, uh, that manifestation of the worst form of fundamentalism. But I also thought about the fact that here over the last couple of weeks we have been talking about what I've long since called the Arafat rule. And if, in fact, the Israelis had no idea this was coming, then they have been bitten in the ass by their own Arafat rule. Because Hamas filled the vacuum that the Palestinian Authority and uh, the PLO could not fill in Gaza. And something happened with the vaunted Iron Dome system. Uh, Cynthia, good question, says, I want to know if the vaunted Israeli intelligence really missed it or if Netanyahu told them to go home. Now watch this golf shot. You have to know that the biggest beneficiary of this will be Netanyahu. Just like support solidified for Sonny Boy Bush after 9-11, the same is going to happen for that fascist asshole. And people are going to die in big numbers, especially in Gaza, and you just know that is something Netanyahu wants to. Genocide. Will we be complicit in it? The thought makes me sick. As it does me, Cynthia. Now we're hearing, and because this is the this is the Congress part of it. Now we are hearing a bunch of grunting and bleating from the Republicans in 
in in the house in particular. Oh, we must support our dear friends in Israel. Uh, and 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 how is that? Israel has the most highly developed, competent military in the entire Middle East, and has proven in the past that they can whip two or three different countries at one time. The same assholes who will not fight fascism in Ukraine suddenly want to send boatloads of arms. I think we've already positioned, uh, what, the nuclear aircraft carrier USS Gerald Ford? Set, Liberty, set. Uh, USS Gerald R. Ford uh, off the uh, Israeli coast in the Mediterranean, I think, accompanied by four Arleigh Burke-class guided missile destroyers, said to be the best floating platforms for anti-aircraft on Earth. This is all so so complicated. And of course, a Republican will never miss an opportunity to aggrandize himself or her Because the so-called moderate Republicans in the House, oh please, show me, I dare you, there are none. Uh, the less maggoty maggots, the, the, the ones, the, the maggots in the House who don't pick their teeth with their toenail clippings, at least not in public. Well, there's a, you know what, maybe we need to bring Kevin back, he was the greatest speaker ever. And so there was a press conference today, and Craven McCarthy uh, stood up and grunted about how America supports Israel. We do. We've supported Israel, you know, over, you know, our own our own citizenry. But somebody asked him at the press conference, "Hey, you going to come back?" Well, that's a decision by the conference. I'll allow the conference to make whatever decision. Oh, he'll allow it. Isn't that charming? Whether I'm speaker or not, I'm a member of this body. I can lead in any position it is. Because, uh, see, the House can't do, and this is a complicated political term, dick, as it is right now. So tonight, because by the way, Friday we talked about the pageant that was going to be had by the House Speaker candidates. Um, this evening, the the maggots are go- the House maggots are going to confab in advance of the uh, forum tomorrow. Uh, where we will hear barking and grunting from Steve Scalise and Jim Jacket off Jordan. And uh, Mike Lawler from New York is still butthurt 
and uh, uh, he went on. He posted a shit on Shitter, saying that getting rid of McCarthy was idiotic. The House should immediately reinstate McCarthy and stop screwing around. And I've seen tormented, uh, tormented journalistic language saying. Uh, that some ha- Democrats, along with eight Republicans, ousted Mike Ma- or Kevin McCarthy. Uh, no, no, that's not the case. Democrats didn't make that motion to vacate. Democrats had no hand in changing the rule to allow one lo- lone mouth-breathing, knuckle-walking freak uh, to even introduce a motion to vacate. And they have no speaker. They can do no business. Uh, Patrick Patrick McKeebler wants to exercise powers that he knows damn well he, he cannot. Uh, Craven McCarthy said... I'm going to allow the conference to do their work, but the one thing I would ask my conference, you have 96% of the conference in one place, and you're allowing 4% with the Democrats playing politics. That's wrong. Well, too bad. You authored that yourself, Craven McCarthy. And maybe the most obvious thing... And I think even the, maybe some Democrats, I could be wrong, maybe some Democrats would even go along with this. The most obvious thing would be for the Republican, Republican conference to get together and with Democrats acting in concert, throw out Matt Gates, Throw out Andy Biggs. Throw out Ralph Norman. But most importantly, throw out Matt Gates. Throw out Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert. I don't think they've got that kind of courage, though, do you? Oh, uh, Billable Rick, uh, cowbell for Larry, Trump 2024, too smart to lose, too stupid to win. I agree, Billable. First cowbell of the evening, uh, three quarters of the uh, way into the first hour. Uh, Cynthia. Says, uh, looks like you're way out of, uh, ahead of me. Par for the course. I'm slow. No, you're not. You just don't live in it up. Live in this stuff up to your eyebrows, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, uh, David in South Carolina stand getting it right. Vlad, Vlad benefits most. At least this is his calculation. Because see if he can. If he can get if he can get people squabbling, then maybe we'll forget about Ukraine and we won't have the wherewithal to support Israel at the same time that we actually really meaningfully support driving fascism out of Ukraine and back behind Russian borders. Uh, as Steve in New York points out, final solution. 
there are actually people in the very right-wing parties in the Knesset, you know, the Israeli parliament, who are referring to their respective responses to Palestine literally as the final solution or something quite eerily similar. I can't remember the actual language, but it's the exact sentiment. And by the way, um, back in the 1930s, as the Nazis rose to power in Germany, one of the first things they did was to dehumanize Jews. They referred to them as animals, as vermin. Well, today, at least in translation, Bibi Netanyahu took a page from the playbook and began referring to Palestinians as animals. Just say it. Uh, Steve, with a note for Cynthia. No, Cynthia, you're not slow. You're more deliberate. There is a difference. And I and and I've been I've been watching this for two days and just trying to figure trying to figure out how to get how to get my head around it because there's there's no winning here because you know the and I heard the I heard the meaningless prattling about a two state solution yeah. A two-state solution that Psycho Bibi doesn't want, and that apparently a majority of the Israeli legislative body doesn't want. And yet, at the same time, you hear the same old, same old on the American for-profit media uh, the question was posed by I think Katie Turr today to Eamon Moyhilden who was brought in to speak for all people of Muslim heritage I suppose I don't know well, how do you negotiate with someone who denies your right to exist? Can't the Palestinians ask that question too? I mean, I remember I remember reading um, editorials by oh, what was his name? Last name was Pedoritz, uh, declaring there is no such thing as a Palestinian. Anybody want to live in peace in Baja, Mexico? We'll buy it for you. Oh, I didn't know that. David in, uh, David in South Carolina stand pointing out uh, the attack was launched on Vlad's birthday. And what a lovely little gift. Trump and Sunlight, Stephen New York says, all winning the presidency did for Trump is invite the scrutiny on his fraudulent business practices. As Speaker Jim Shorts will invite the same sunlight on his buggery-enabling activities at the Ohio State University wrestling team. I think so, and that's begun. Because, uh... Uh, Nancy Mace... You know, the, the reasonable, moderate Republican from Charleston, South Carolina, who uh, 
who occasionally mumbles something about women actually being able to control the workings of their own reproductive systems. Uh, she jumped out in support. of uh, Jim Jacketoff Jordan. It blew up in her face pretty darn quick. It happened on CBS on uh, Face the Notion. She was being questioned there about her support for Jim Jacket off Jordan. And uh, on Face the Nation, she said, I will tell you today, I'm going to be supporting Jim Jordan for speaker for a number of reasons. I think that his values, his work ethic, his ability to just run circles around everyone with regards to policy and pushing forward, he's a workhorse. We've got to put the American people first and move this country forward and do it in a positive way. And I think he's going to bring that to the table, at which Margaret Brennan said, uh, girl, I know you've been outspoken about defending victims of sexual assault. Do the past allegations against Jim Jordan that he turned a blind eye to sexual abuse give you any reservations? How do you square that? And Nancy Mace immediately moved into damage control. Uh, Yeah, I'm not familiar or aware with that. He's not indicted on anything that I'm aware of. So I don't I don't know anything, and I can't speak to that, but I will say that I have been, as you said, Margaret, it's the Ohio State University allegations, Margaret Brennan said. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know anything about that. What I do know is that I've been a very strong voice for women. I've talked to Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise about that. I've been a very strong advocate for rape victims. As you mentioned earlier, the Judiciary Committee, as, with him as chairman, recently passed a rape kit bill that Barbara Lee and I are working on. Oh, Barbara. And those are the facts and the data that I have to work with, and I've had a very positive experience with him in that regard. I mean, it was obnoxious. I know you've been outspoken about um, defending victims of sexual assault due to the past allegations against Jim Jordan mm-hmm. that he turned a blind eye to sexual abuse. Give you any reservations? I Yeah, I'm not a familiar or that? aware with that. I, he's not indicted on anything that I'm aware of. And so I don't, I don't know anything and can't speak to that. But I will it's say that I have State been, University as you said, Margaret, a very yeah i don't i don't know anything and i i don't know anything about that what i do know is that i've been a very strong voice for women i've talked to jim jordan and steve scleese about that i've been a very strong advocate for rape victims as you mentioned earlier the judiciary committee as yeah let's uh i don't know maybe we should check in with the national organization for women or the national abortion rights action league on what a strong voice she's been for women's Please. 
But the value in this clip and the value in this exchange is the fact that Margaret Brennan at CBS News brought up the issue of Jim Jackadoff Jordan looking the other way when young men that he was assistant coaching were being raped. And one after another after another by the team doctor. One after another after another of those rape rape victims have very bravely come forward and said, oh, hell yes, he knew. He damn sure knew. And so far, Jim Jackadoff Jordan's only response has been to (sighs) try to ignore it and hope it'll go away. And that nobody will ever actually investigate his gross, willful, wanton negligence. So I'm hoping uh, Stephen New York is correct that this will shine light on that odious freak's cavalier behavior. with regard to young men who were raped and violated by the team doctor that they trusted and that there was no uh, no protection to be had in the coaching staff. Translation of Nancy Mace's answer to the Jim Short's rape question. Wait, what? Thank you, Steve. Or as Kevin in Colorado Springs points out, having just read my mind, Nancy, the Sergeant Schultz defense, I know nothing... I know nothing. Precisely. Uh, Smiles back, says Cynthia. On this day, it's hard to find anything to smile about. She says, I do bet when the history books are written, though, we're going to find out more about this horror than we could ever even imagine. Yeah. And... You know, it's not just the maggots who deny reality. That that will be denied too. The 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 underhanded dealings of a bunch of right wing uh, fascist autocrats in Israel. You know, it wasn't that long back that Israelis were taking to the streets veterans, reservists, saying they would refuse to answer the call to duty. If Psycho Baby went ahead with his intent to declare the Supreme Court of Israel null and void as regarding his pronouncements. Huh. Nothing maybe to make a dissident rethink that that position than a great big whopping uh, uh, attack out of Gaza. And the need to reduce Gaza in turn to rubble. Kim in New York. Hi, Robin. Hi, Kim. Okay. Uh, Subject line, cui bono. To whom the benefit? To whom the good? Okay, this is not going Alex Jones, because I think these are feasible conspiracy theories, and yes, there are such things as conspiracies. Yes, there are. See the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. 
As a prologue, how did U.S. intel miss this? Won't even mention Israeli intel. Are there still Trump stay-behinds in the United States intel organizations? Not to mention that Biden's nominee for ambassador to Israel is being held up by Trump, Russian stooge Tuberville. Okay, here goes. Sorry if uh, the following isn't well thought out or well written. By the way, just a correction. It's not Tommy, it's not Tommy Tubaguts holding up the uh, Israeli ambassador nomination. That's a different asshole. Uh, one, Netanyahu. He gets to distract Israelis and the world from his anti-democratic actions, i.e. the Supreme Court, etc., and his indictment for corruption. Two, Trump, he gets to use this as a distraction for the numerous trials and gets to use this to claim Biden is weak and incompetent in foreign affairs. Yeah, I saw a meme already today of, of that adipose jiggling wad of paranoia, insecurities, and criminal conduct sitting at the Oval Office Resolute Desk with a smile on his face like a fox eating shit out of a wire brush, and the meme simply said, Four years, no wars. Three, Iran, Saudi Arabia, gets Americans and Israelis into a war and assists Trump in trying to make Biden look weak and incompetent in foreign affairs security. Four, Russia. Distracts the world, and especially the U.S., from the war in Ukraine. Helps Trump in trying to make Biden look weak and incompetent in foreign affairs security. Also, Let's not forget the 2017 reports that Trump released info on Israeli defenses. Wouldn't be at all surprised if Trump is in cahoots with Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Iran while being in cahoots with Netanyahu. I know the above may sound incoherent, but needed to get it out of my head and to you. Uh, it sounds pretty coherent to me, Kim. And yeah, that's the thing. There's that picture of, uh, of, of Nitwit Nero standing there grinning with Sergei Lavrov and some other uh, pooty functionary. And yes, at that time, there was later verification that he gave away classified informa information to the Russians that had come from the Israelis. So it probably goes further than just submarine technology or atomic, uh, you know, nuclear attack plans. He may he may have given up the, the you know the weaknesses. Remember we talked about the guy from 1943 who accidentally gave away the fact that uh, the Japanese were setting their depth charge uh, explosion uh, equipment too shallow. And we lost 800 men after that information got out. What if, uh, what if the information the Russians got from Trump was about weaknesses in the Iron Dome system, or did, or did this rocket barrage simply flood the zone? You know, you send through enough that some get through. I don't know. No, it's not incoherent at all, though, Kim. And Saudi Arabia, well, uh, those are some of the most cynical pol uh, political players in the entire region, and that's saying something. Saudi Arabia has been in quiet talks to actually recognize Israel. 
which geopolitically would kind of make sense because the sworn enemy of Saudi Arabia is Iran, and Iran is at least nominally behind Hezbollah in Lebanon and is said to be behind Hamas in uh, Gaza. And God Almighty, the, uh, the Wall Street Journal jumped right out there, banging the drums of war with the guys who probably put this all together for Hamas. You know, Russia? No! Fuck no. What? No, uh... Uh, the Wall Street Journal put out a uh, a piece today, a birdcage liner, saying, oh, it's definitely Iran, definitely Iran. Zombie John McCain almost came up out of the ground yelling, bomb, 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 Iran. Oh, they can taste it. They want it so badly. Because, as Cynthia rightly points out, subject line, Armageddon and the rapture, I also had the thought in bed this morning that the stupid fucking right-wing evangelicals are probably beyond themselves with joy as they're expecting this will now bring on Armageddon, the end of the world, and, of course, the rapture. Yeah, we all may get raptured over their fucking stupidity, disappearing just like that off the face of the earth, except it won't be what they think. It'll be more like getting vaporized in a nuclear fireball. There's your rapture for you. And the rhetoric is already completely out of hand. Uh, I saw one commentator on my filthy morning habit today declaring, wait, wait, no, really, wait for it, that Hamas's unguided rocket attack on Israel was, it wasn't like unto. No, this individual said it was identical to the United States dropping an atomic bomb on Nagasaki in August of 1945. Identical to. The precise very same as And, you know, my brain being what my brain is, I immediately thought of, what else? College football. Uh, and and uh, Nick Saban down at Alabama declaring that uh, the University of Alabama Crimson Tide in the early part of this century being whipped by the University, by, uh, 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 the university of Louisville fighting crawfish or whatever, whatever the team was, uh, was the same as Pearl Harbor and 9-11. Because there's something about what happens, and, and this is this is the ongoing fetishization of Israel. In the, I, I'm not talking about, you know, an OnlyFans page and pictures of someone, of Bibi Netanyahu's feet. I mean, I'm talking about this in the anthropological sense of the word fetish object. And American evangelical Christians primarily, and that would be your Southern Baptists in there in the mix too, fetishize Israel 
Not because they don't hate Jews. They do. They killed Christ. I can't tell you how many times. Growing up in the Southern Baptist Church, I heard that there are no Jews in heaven. Well, what about Jesus? Uh Oh, that's different. He died for our sins. Well, what about Jehovah? He's their invention. You seen God's invention? Yeah, and and then you're often gone down that rabbit hole. But American evangelical Christians fetishize Israel, and it is this religious fetish that has resulted in our entirely cockeyed, harebrained, ill-advised foreign policy in the region. Because, and we and, and I had the story, what, two, three weeks back about the ongoing effort to breed the perfect red heifer so that Israel could ben, begin rebuilding the temple and then the evangelicals get all worked up because they think that that's what's going to uh, make the big guy kick, kick his boy off of his throne in heaven and send him back down here to get murdered again. And then there, you know, there's going to be some great, and then it's premillennials, postmillennials, whatever, and everybody's going to see Jesus coming down from the cloud in his holy rolls. That makes him a holy roller. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. It's, 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 it's insane on its face, but it's even more so that you, when you consider we have turned it into a, a, a central part of our foreign policy. It's just dumb. And when Israel was weak and new, there was a credible argument to be made for providing aid. But they're, they're, they're a self-sufficient nation of vast wealth whose citizens have better access to health care than American citizens do. Who have a vaunted military that is unmatched by any other country's military in the region. And I guess we're gonna I guess we're gonna give away some more stuff and you know, the Republicans being the liars that they are said, see, see, this is what happens when when weak Joe Biden doesn't give a whole bunch of billions of dollars right to Iran. Yeah, cause 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 he's cause he's senile. <laughs> but in point of fact, the money that we released to Iran was Iran's money in the first place that we had frozen. And which cannot, and, and the Republicans know this, they just lie with impunity and get away with it with the, among the multimillionaire for-profit media. Uh, the Republicans, 
it's not, we're not, we didn't hand them eight billion dollars in cash. We didn't hand them eight billion dollars. We set up a situation in which those funds made, I thought, I think primarily by selling Iranian oil to China, those funds can only be used for food and medicine. Because our ongoing uh, boycott and sanctions against Iran hasn't immiserated the mullahs. It's immiserated everyday people in Iran who are mostly young folks, a lot of whom badly want, especially women, to not have to cover their sinful feminine hair just to go grocery shopping. But young men would like to be able to kiss their girlfriends in the streets once in a while. They'd like to live a Western life. But here we are. And the Wall Street Journal wants a war in Iran so bad they can taste it. The problem is they don't understand that that will not be a cakewalk. Uh, Rapture soon, Christopher asks. Wait, rapture could be any moment now? No, 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 I'm not ready. All my clean underwear is still in the dryer. I seem to remember a certain someone saying some time ago that each day will get just a little bit weirder than the previous one. I think I know her. Moran Monday is starting to fill up fast and furious. It's Moran's as far as the eye can see. Yeah, I know, Cynthia, me too. I still want to know what was discussed in that secret meeting. And really, what the fuck did Trump talk about with Putin during that secret meeting they had where the only other people in the room were interpreters? None of whom were Americans. Remember that part too, Cynthia? And see what I mean? There's no right there's no right way to talk about this. I deplore the bloodshed. And, you know, maybe if we had kept the pressure on or provided even more pressure on Putin in Ukraine, he wouldn't have been able to do this because his fingerprints are all over it. And bad faith actors will always flock to other bad faith actors. It's just how bad faith works. And Russia already has a business relationship relative to military hardware with Iran. If Iran is involved, it is at the behest of Putin because Iran has to know that getting in, you know, really, really getting into it and seeing the elephant is not going to 
inure to their benefit. I mean, if the Saudis actually fought for themselves instead of relying on American blood and treasure to do it for them, it could get... uh, It could get ugly quickly. Stephen, New York, 5,000 missiles. Uh, You may recall that in one of the Le Monde articles I sent, I had the following paragraph. Mohammed Daif, commander of the Al-Qassam Brigades, the military wing of Hamas, announces the start of what is named Operation Al-Aqsa Flood in reference to the esplanade of the mosques, Temple Mount for the Jews in Jerusalem, the third holiest site in Islam, which Hamas presents itself as protecting. The first strike, which targeted the enemy's positions, airports, and military fortifications, exceeded 5,000 missiles, he says, calling on Palestinians in Israel and the West Bank to put fire under the feet of the occupiers, and on Lebanon, Iraq, and Syria to join the assault. Given that rockets were fired at Israel from Lebanese territory last April, this threat must be taken seriously. In Gaza, Islamic militants have announced they will join the operation launched by Hamas. Ponder this, Steve says. 5,000 missiles. How in the hell did Hamas set up and prepare for and launch 5,000 missiles completely unbeknownst to Israeli intelligence? Let me repeat that. 5,000. Gaza is only 140 square miles. Sure has kind of a lie-hop smell to it, doesn't it? But you know, you know how the, you know how the, the Republicans will spin this. Joe Biden's incompetent military intelligence deliberately held back intelligence from Israel that would have let them know this is happening. Because that's how a paranoid brain works. Uh, John in Central PA, subject line, Israel attack. Of course the maggot party's been blaming President Biden for the attack. I predict that they're gearing up to use this as their excuse to impeach Biden. Wouldn't surprise me, but they can't do dick right now. Because they can't do business right now. Because they because they allowed uh, a privileged, spoiled frat boy to grind the people's business in the people's house to an absolute halt. And they have no answers. Uh, Over at Substack, Jeff Tiedrich pointed out, Republicans are lying their fucking faces off about the Middle East. No, Joe Biden didn't give taxpayer money to Iran. And I really like, like Jeff Tiedrich's opening opening lines. I'm not here to write about the shit show in the Middle East. That's above my pay grade. If people much smarter than I haven't been able to solve it, I'm sure as hell not going to be able to do it in a post. But then he lays out what happened this past August. First the truth, then the lie. In August, the U.S. and Iran made a deal. 
Iran would free five Americans, and in return, the U.S. would unfreeze $6 billion in Iranian oil revenue. Now, here are some important bullet points. The $6 billion is not U.S. money. It's not taxpayer money. It comes from the sale of Iranian oil to South Korea. I was wrong on China. Money that had been frozen due to sanctions. Iran has not yet received one penny of that $6 billion. It's sitting in a bank in Qatar. Now, here's the Republican lie. Joe Biden gave $6 billion taxpayer dollars to Iran, and they gave it to Hamas, and Hamas used it to attack Israel, and, all, and it's all Joe Biden's fault. And cites none other than Jerk Deluxe Vance of Ahia. As we watch this horrible situation in Israel unfold, Americans must face a stark truth. Our tax dollars funded this. Money is fungible. And many of the dollars we sent to Iran are being used to now kill innocent people. This must stop. Israel has every right to defend itself. I wish our friends well, but most of all, I wish they weren't fighting against weapons bought with our money. And that was just J.D. Vance. And that one little sentence there, money is fungible, and many of the dollars we sent to Iran are being used to now kill innocent people. Well, see, here's the thing. You can take Iran out of that sentence and put in Israel, and it doesn't change the meaning. Money is fungible, and many of the dollars we sent to Israel are being used to now kill innocent people. Because they are killing innocent people in Gaza. Make no mistake about that. And Psycho Bibi is down with it. And the IDF will probably have to invade. And that means more Israeli sons and daughters coming, and non-binary people, coming back in boxes and bags, draped with the Israeli Star of David flag. I did catch an interview earlier today with a mother whose son is among the abducted or unknown, missing, she doesn't know, and she said, no one from the Israeli military, no one from Israeli security, no one from Israeli intelligence, no one from the Netanyahu government has said a word to me. Of course not. Of course not. A variety of reasons, but it wasn't just Jerk Deluxe Vance. It was uh, also, Tim, where's your girlfriend, Scott? Biden's weakness invited the attack. Biden's negotiation funded the attack. Biden administration wanted Israel to stand down after the attack. At this point, Biden is complicit. That would be a no, a no, a no, and no. Uh, then there's, um, well, as Jeff Tiedrich points out, there was Rick Skeletor Scott, and the woman he refers to as noted sex therapist, Lauren Bobert. Oh, I don't even, heart, no, not going to look at it. But it's worth it uh, to note that, yeah, um, uh, Midas Touch pointed out 
It's worth revisiting a foreign policy disaster by Donald Trump that has major implications on the events we're witnessing today. In 2017, Donald Trump divulged classified intelligence about Israel's Mossad spy agency and ISIS to Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak during a meeting at the White House. In 2017, uh, com noted, Just days before President Donald Trump's arrival in Tel Aviv, Israeli intelligence officials were shouting at their American counterparts in meetings, furious over news that the U.S. commander-in-chief may have compromised a vital source of information to the Islamic State and possibly Iran. According to a U.S. defense official in military planning, to them it's horrifying the official who attended the meetings told Foreign Policy. Their first question was, what's going on? What is this? Then there's the New York Times. Mr. Trump boasting about some of Israel's most sensitive information to the Russians could damage the relationship between the two countries and raises the possibility that the information could be passed to Iran, Russia's close ally, and Israel's main threat in the region. And it goes on and on and on. And, like I said, Truth is the first casualty of war, so they say. And I am shaped by the misinformation that has been out there. Or at least the awareness of the fact that it was misinformation. I remember all the way back to the beginning of Bush War One. You remember remember the marauding hordes of Iraqis? running through oh, the vaunted Revolutionary Guard, running through the hallways of Kuwaiti hospitals and throwing newborn Kuwaiti babies out of windows high above the ground, murdering them. Remember that? Because I remember that. And you remember how it wasn't even a little bit true that it was entirely made-up bullshit? Just try to, I won't say a jaundiced eye or even cynical, but please, please, please keep your your, uh, uh, critical thinking hat on as the bullshit piles up around this godforsaken conflict? Because it will pile up. Some of it will be more obvious than others. Like the business about the uh, the Egyptian official telling Psycho Bibi, I don't know what it is, but there's some shit going on in Gaza. Well, the first thing that came out was uh, this morning was I I heard about it and 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 the uh, person on the TV said, "Don't you believe that? That's propaganda. That can't be trusted." Why? Sure as hell sounds like something that BB would do because wouldn't it have been terribly convenient? to get rid of all the, or, or, or push out of the news cycle, all of his problems. And, of course, he can do pretty much anything he wants to do in terms of Israeli governance now as well. 
And as far as he's concerned, the Israeli Supreme Court can fuck right off. It's bad. It's just bad. And the lies will come faster and faster and more and more furious. And then this, uh, Flavio shared this with me personally and then uh, shared it uh, again once I started the show, saying that uh, of uh, an editorial published in Haaretz in Israel. There's more editorial independence in Israel than in the United States. And Haaretz pulled no punches. Writing, The disaster that befell Israel on the holiday of Simchat Torah is the clear responsibility of one person, Benjamin Netanyahu. The Prime Minister, who, and, and again, this is Israeli media, this isn't some wild-eyed pro-Palestinian paper in, 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 in the United States, like those exist. The Prime Minister, who has prided himself on his vast political experience and irreplaceable wisdom in security matters, completely failed to identify the dangers he was consciously leading Israel into when establishing a government of annexation and dispossession when appointing Bezalel Smotrich and Itamar Ben-Gavir to key positions while embracing a foreign policy that openly ignored the existence and rights of Palestinians. What Palestinians, you know? Netanyahu will certainly try to evade his responsibility and cast the blame on the heads of the Army, Military Intelligence, and the Shin Bet Security Service, who, like their predecessors on the eve of the Yom Kippur War, saw a low probability of war with their preparations for a Hamas attack being uh, proving flawed. They scorned the enemy and its offensive military capabilities over the next days and weeks when the depth of Israel defense forces and intelligence failures come to light. A justified demand to replace them and take stock will surely arise. However, the military and intelligence failure does not absolve Netanyahu of his overall responsibility for the crisis as he's the ultimate arbiter of Israeli foreign and security affairs. Netanyahu is no novice in this role like Ehud Olmert was in the Second Lebanon War, nor is he ignorant in military matters as Golda Meir in 1973 and Menachem Begin in 1982 claimed to be. In the past, Netanyahu marketed himself as a cautious leader who eschewed wars and multiple casualties on Israel's side. After his victory in the last election, he replaced this caution with the policy of a fully right government with overt steps taken to annex the West Bank to carry out ethnic cleansing in parts of the Oslo-defined Area C, including the Hebron Hills and the Jordan River Valley. And Haaretz noted they also, this also included a massive expansion of settlements and bolstering of the Jewish presence on Temple Mount near the Al-Aqsa Mosque, as well as boasts of an impending peace deal with the Saudis in which the Palestinians would get nothing with an open talk of a second Nakba in his governing coalition. As expected, signs of an outbreak of hostilities began in the West Bank where the Palestinians started feeling the heavier hand of, Israeli, of the Israeli occupier. 
Hamas exploited the opportunity in order to launch its surprise attack on Saturday. Above all, the danger looming over Israel in recent years has been fully realized. A prime minister indicted in three corruption cases cannot look after state affairs, as national interests will necessarily be subordinate to extricating him from a possible conviction in jail time. This was the reason for establishing this horrific coalition and the judicial coup advanced by Netanyahu, and for the enfeeblement of top army and intelligence officers who were perceived as political opponents. The price was paid by the victims of the invasion in the western Negev. That was published in both English and Hebrew in Israel. And that last paragraph also points to the danger of a politicized military. We have long maintained, whether it's a fiction or fact, the idea that we have an apolitical military. Well, the four years of Nitwit Nero saw him doing everything in his power to politicize it. Remember, because he likes being around tough guys, because he's so untough himself. I mean, Jesus Christ, over the weekend, he put up on social media an ancient photograph, ancient photograph of him playing tennis. As if to say that he could still play it today, you know, if he really wanted to. But look, he can't do that because that would involve exertion. And then he gets the boob sweat stains. And we've seen they're not inspiring. And and declared, uh, uh, Julius Geezer did, that he's in by far got a better body than Joe Biden. Okay, there's the second round of the of the let's save the, the taxpayers the product the price of an election. Uh, first, there's going to be the bicycle race, and then he'll go and then zero uh, and one on the bicycle race. He'll come into the uh, the, uh, the comparative physique portion of the program. You know, I was a little bit hungry earlier, but then I just suddenly thought of, I had a mental image of Tangerine Tiberius in a Speedo, and I may not eat for a month. Wow, I'm so sorry to the Central Daylight Time Zone diners, the Mountain Daylight Time Zone early diners, and the and the Billable Rick for his Pacific Daylight Time snack. Ah! Um... Yeah, uh, Flavio reminds us the babies in incubators story in Kuwait was dreamt up by a PR firm, Hill and Knowlton. And the whole Cassis Belly uh, happened. I, I, don't, I wonder where she is. I don't. I, I, I still remember her name, April Glaspie. Remember April Glaspie? When Saddam Hussein realized that he had uh, issues with the sheikhs in Kuwait, who were slant drilling into his reserves, he cabled the United States State Department and said, listen, they're ripping me off and I'm going to do something about it. Y'all got a problem with that? And April Glaspie 
messages him back and says, the United States takes no position on Arab-Arab conflicts. And the next thing you know, you got George H.W. Bush out there trying to be all butch, declaring, this aggression will not stand. It was all before before time, but you realize that we once had a president of the United States for four years who sounded like Squidward. This aggression will not stand. And then, for some reason or another, we let Squidward's kid become president. All the historians are going to have a field day with us. Uh, I got a message from Micah. Jesus Christ, Robin, could you not? That's with regard to Nitwit Nero in a Speedo. Uh, Micah observing earlier uh, with uh, Nancy May say, well, he ain't, in, he ain't under no indictment that I'm aware of. <laughs> Micah said, oh, wait, now we care about indictments? That's that's cowbell quality. Well played, Miss Micah. Uh, baby killers. Matt in San Francisco, holding his fire until 6:24 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 3:24 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. They even said they took them from the NICU incubators and tossed them out the window. Yes. And so I expect I expect to hear similar. In the, I hate this term, fog of war. And the Associated Press with a story. For years, they trusted the army to defend and inform them. Now many Israelis feel abandoned. It was, uh, Dateline, Jerusalem. It was, they thought, an ironclad social contract Israeli citizens would serve in the military and live long, along enemy borders in exchange the army would defend them. That contract was shattered Saturday when hundreds of Hamas militants breached Israel's defenses from the Gaza Strip, pouring in by air, land, and sea on a rampage that would leave hundreds dead. The infiltration caught Israel's storied high-tech army completely unaware and stunned the country that prides itself on military prowess. But remember, uh, during the Lebanon War, that vaunted military prowess wasn't so prow or vaunted. But the AP story does note that once the attacks began... Thousands in southern Israel finding themselves besieged saw their pleas for help unanswered for hours. And went on and wound up going on social uh, social media saying, where, where, where's the help? Why have we been why have we been abandoned? And even when the Israeli government did 
get around to setting up contact centers, they were asking for information from residents and not offering any information. Families still don't have information on missing relatives. Uh, one aggrieved Israeli saying, I have a lot of questions and a lot to say. The day of reckoning will come, but now I prefer to stand beside the army. Eh, curious, he's not doesn't say he's standing beside Psycho Baby. We tried to reach everybody, the Homeland Command, police, friends, acquaintances, people on the kibbutz. And for hours there was no one to talk to. And, and and forgive me for, well, when I got to the part about where they attacked a music festival, I immediately thought of a music festival in Las Vegas, Nevada, several years ago, when one guy in a hotel room with an arsenal of semi-automatic weapons and bump stocks murdered almost relentlessly. I wonder if all of this would be happening had Gaza not been so summarily and brutally dealt with over the years. I'm sure Israel would like to have that too. Just like they eventually intend to uh, push every Palestinian out of the West Bank. Um, Amir Tiban, a journalist, uh, his father is a retired as uh, IDF general, and uh, rescued his son, his wife, and their two young daughters from a safe room in a kibbutz called Nahal Oz. He and another retired general and a group of commandos fought their way through. And writing later, Amir Tiban, the journalist, said, The terms of the contract between us and the state had always been clear. We protect the border and the state protects us. We fulfilled our share of the deal heroically for all too many of our beloved friends and neighbors on this black, black day of Saturday, October 7th. The state of Israel did not fulfill its share. Who, 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 who voted that nightmare government into power? In large part, it was people in the, in, the, in the border settlements who liked how macho and butch Bibi was. Mayan Zinn said her two daughters had been abducted She only found that out through social media, not from the Israeli government. She said there's no information, 
No one has contacted me since yesterday, not the Army, not the government, not the police. She said she thought the photos that she saw of her daughter sitting on mattresses in captivity were photoshopped. Fifteen-year-old Daphna and eight-year-old Ella sitting on a mattress, terrified, bawling. And Ms. Zinn said, just bring my daughters home. Bring everybody home. I don't know if that's going to be possible. Because with Gaza under siege, the next guided precision missile strike could take out whatever apartment building hostages are being held in. And now, if this is to be believed, Hamas is saying that they will execute one hostage for every missile that strikes a dwelling, an apartment building in the world's largest open-air internment camp. And how does the Israeli government explain that to Mayan Zin? And make no mistake, the hostage-taking, that's not a recent vintage. Not at all. It grieves me. It's brutal. Stephen New York says, I will never forget Mike talked about Mike Malloy talking about reading uh, Mayor Kahane's book. It's title They Must Go. And we know who the they is, right? Well, thanks a lot, says Ken in Northwest PA. Awesome. I can pair the mushroom head in a, uh, in a Speedo metal image with Susie Collins in an itsy-bitsy, teensy-weensy purple polka dot bikini. Oh, quite a grim subject today. Seems a bit of levity is somewhat therapeutic. Yes, I agree. Uh, could we stop mentioning that? I'm going to lose weight after that as it is. Ugh. And Theo said, welcome to my long, long dreaded nightmare. Hey, hey, Theo. My late partner Gail and I had bitter, inconclusive arguments over whether, where Netanyahu and uber right-wing Israeli politicians would lay blame should any terrorist body attack Israel. My longtime online pal, Maysoon Zaid, stand-up comic and advocate for those with cerebral palsy, which includes herself, grew up visiting relatives in Gaza 
and opened my eyes to the ghettoization of the Palestinian people and culture. Gail's mom was from a Russian Jewish family which lost almost a hundred of their kin to the Holocaust. There was simply no bridging the gap between my beloved partner and my abiding friend, and soon the horror being visited in Israel by Hamas and by Netanyahu leave me in stunned horror. I see no good outcome any sooner than you do. Let's look. It, it, thank you for that, Theo. It's kind of like this, I, and I know they are drastically different circumstances, but nonetheless, the comparison is valid and available. No good will come to Israel as long as its hard right runs the country. And no good will come to Israel as long as Bibi Netanyahu continues to occupy the supreme position of power in that country. By the same token, here, at home, in the House of Representatives, no good will come to this country as long as Matt Gates and his gang of mutineers remain in charge of the vessel that is our ship of state. And the obvious solution in both instances is to rid oneself of them. In Israel, people who want to watch their children grow up in peace have got to understand and learn that the way to that outcome is not via a right-wing fascist who is willing to use the same tactics on his opponents, ethnic opponents, that the Third Reich used on the Jewish people. Now, I confess, I have not had the intestinal fortitude to wade into the swamp and see the celebrations that are probably most obviously taking place among the <clears throat> white nationalist Trump base in the United States. You know, Nazis, the Nazi problem that we have in the United States that so few people are aware of and fewer people even want to admit exists. Because that's going to be some ugly shit. But along those lines, um, there are some cracks in the MAGA facade. I'll go to that in a second. Flavio says, Jimmy Carter on Israeli apartheid, in remarks broadcast over radio, Carter claimed that Israel's policies amounted to an apartheid worse than South Africa's. From Haaretz, November 12, 2006. 
Jimmy Carter said, when Israel does occupy this territory deep within the West Bank and connects the 200 or so settlements with each other with a road and then prohibits the Palestinians from using that road or in many cases even crossing the road, this perpetrates even worse instances of apartness or apartheid than we witnessed even in South Africa. And he was not wrong. And he remains correct. Which again brings us back home. Because a county in Texas has voted to make its roads a sanctuary roads. So that those roads may are, are, are uh, at least according to that county, are off limits to anyone traveling because it's a county that borders New Mexico. That road, those roads are off limits to anyone seeking to go to New Mexico for reproductive care. I hate. I, look, fascism is fascism is fascism is fascism whether it takes the form of pro-life maggots here in the United States or oppressive governments abroad. Uh, but speaking of Texas, the Speaker of the Texas House of Representatives is a man named Dade Phelan. And today he did the unthinkable as a maggot And he called out members of his own party. The Defend Texas Liberty Pack, which gives money to lots and lots of Texas Republicans. Well, their president, a guy by the name of Jonathan Strickland, hosted a meeting. That meeting was attended by, among others, the killer from Kenosha, Kyle Rottenhouse, and also in attendance, a guest, a special guest, was none other than the Nazi Nick Fuentes. an entirely undeniable, undeniably anti-Semitic denier of the Holocaust. And Jonathan Strickland hosted it at a building that he owns in Fort Worth. And uh, reporters from the Texas Tribune got 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 a tip about Fuentes and Rattenhouse and state GOP chair Matt Rinaldi uh, going inside. Rinaldi, uh, trying to put lipstick on a Nazi, 
said, oh, we were just borrowing a conference room. I completely condemn that guy and everything he stands for. I would never in a million years meet with that guy. Well, here's the thing. Nick Fuentes, Nazi, who has a significant following online and in the real world, uh, he he uh, he he went into the building in question, which 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 serves as headquarters to a outfit called Pale House Strategies, P A L E. That's owned by Strickland. Fuentes went in the building about 11 a.m. and left just after 5:30 p.m. Texas GOP Chair uh, Rinaldi showed up a, bit, a little bit before. 1.45 p.m. and left about 45 minutes later. Then there's Ella Malding. Uh, she was seen at the meeting. And after that, after the, uh, after the meeting, she recorded a video outside of the building on behalf of a group called Texans for strong borders. And lo and behold, the founder of Texans for strong borders is a guy named Chris Russo, who just happens to be the guy who drove Nick Fuentes to the pale horse strategies meeting. You know, behold a pale horse. And with him rode death. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Ella Malding, she moved all the way from Mississippi to Fort Worth earlier this year to take a position as social media coordinators for Pale Horse Strategies. And she has in the past declared that Nick Fuentes is, quote, the greatest civil rights leader in history, unquote. And there's a lot of money behind all of this money. Because a West Texas oil billionaire by the name of Tim Dunn, another one named Ferris Wilkes, and I guess his brother, Dan Wilkes, well, they, uh, they, they bankroll a lot of this. They've given over $100 million dollars to groups whose purpose in life is to foster hate against the LGBTQ plus community, for starters, and to attack rhinos and replace them with stone-cold fascists. So that's the, the backdrop for what Dade Phelan did. He got wind of the meeting at Pale Horse Strategies, and Dade Phelan, don't make the mistake of thinking I'm a fan, I'm not. Dade Phelan said, the Republican Party is no place for Hitler apologists. My full statement here. 
At a time when we are witnessing heinous attacks on our Israeli allies by Hamas terrorists, the most egregious assault on Jewish lives since the Holocaust, Jonathan Strickland, the president of Defend Texas Liberty Pact, fraternized for six hours with a notorious anti-Semitic Nazi sympathizer who denies the existence of the Holocaust. This is not just a casual misstep. It's indicative of the moral political rot that's been festering in a certain segment of our party for far too long. Whoa. Knock me over with a feather. This is a Republican saying this. This is, this is, this is the Speaker of the Texas House. Let's hear that again. This is not just a casual misstep. It is indicative of the moral, political rot that has been festering in a certain segment of our party for far too long. I think he could have left out a certain segment of, and it would have still been accurate. That way it would have read, it's indicative of the moral political rot that has been festering in our party for far too long, because it's not just a certain segment, Dade. It is the entirety of your party. Anti-Semitism, bigotry, and Hitler apologists should find no sanctuary in the Republican Party. Should. Doing a lot of work there, should. Instead, anti-Semitism, bigotry, and Hitler apologists have all the sanctuary they want in the Republican Party. Period. He's still coming to grips with reality, Dade Phelan is. We cannot and must not tolerate the tacit endorsement of such vile ideologies. Thank you for closing the barn door when the horses are gone and the rest of the barn is ashes. Accordingly, I call upon any elected official who has accepted political donations from Defend Texas Liberty PAC or any of its affiliate organizations to immediately redirect every single cent of those contributions to a charitable organization of his or her choice. Uh, Dade, you know that a lot of these Nazi organizations are tax-exempt grifts. They could just take their little political donations and give them to, you know, pick one. Furthermore, I call upon elected officials and candidates to state unequivocally that they will not accept further contributions, including in-kind contributions from the Defend Texas Liberty PAC, Recently, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick took $3 million from this organization. I expect him to lead the way in redirecting these funds. Well, Dade, expect in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. Additionally, the Republican Party of Texas has received $132,500 during this election cycle from the Defend Texas Liberty PAC. As of their last report, RPT had just under $50,000 on hand. I call upon Chairman Matt Rinaldi to to direct the party to donate these Texas Defend Defend Texas Liberty Funds to charity. And if doing so would take the party into the red, I would be happy to provide a short-term loan until Chairman Rinaldi can replace the money with other donations. Honey, it's just going to be from other Nazis. There is no excuse to keep tainted funds from an organization that provides a platform for hate mongers, sexual predators, racists, and Nazi sympathizers. But he's still living in delusion. 
the Republican Party at its core, well, the core of the Republican Party in this instance is uh, so tiny as to require a scanning electron microscope to find, the Republican Party at its core champions freedom, democracy, and shared values with nations like Israel. No, No mention of Ukraine. But actions speak louder than words. Now is the time to root out the corruption and regain the moral high ground in the political debate in our country. I'm tired of witnessing members of my own party join with the likes of Congresswomen Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar in tearing down our Israeli allies. Like I said, he's still delusional, he's still a maggot, and maggots are going to maggot. Because, you know, the problem's AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. No. Dade, honey, they're not Nazis. If you're if you're if you if you have to carp about AOC and Ilhan Omar as a means of it, oh no, I might be a Nazi, but I don't want to be talked about in the same breath as AOC and Ilhan Omar now, damn it, no. Every single elected official or candidate who has received funding from the Defend Texas Liberty PAC must publicly disavow their toxic affiliation. Good for you, Dade Phelan. Here's a cookie. I mean, it's almost like he gets it, but he, he, he can't, he, he just can't say the most important part. That there's a humongous Nazi problem inside the Republican Party. Huge. How many Republicans have stood on the stage with Nick Fuentes? Marge sure has. And didn't like it a little bit even when people said, uh, Marge, you went and hung out with a Nazi. A Nazi who says it's gay for guys to have sex with women. Nazis are just weird. Well, thank you, George, and Course Gold. George just jumped in. So that we are not a goose egg this evening. We had uh, $845. No. Um, yeah, $845. We had $845 to go to catch up even. We now have uh, $795 to do, go to catch up. Thank you, George. Thank you so much. Uh, $795. So that means $195 in the next hour, and we'd be done fundraising for last Thursday. Thank you, George. Thank you for getting us started and doing so so helpfully during the live portion of the, the live program. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit of an optimist. You know, it's a crack in the facade, but it's a tiny crack, and it's going to need a lot of water poured on it for it to spread. And the fact of the matter is, he called for 
all donations from Texas Liberty PAC to be returned when that's not necessarily the problem. I mean, it's a problem. He called out Matt Rinaldi. The GOP chair. But the problem lies in the fact that he couldn't quite work up the guts to call out the billionaire oil boys. What were their names again? Uh, yeah, Dan Wilkes, Ferris Wilkes, and Tim Dunn. None of this can happen without the likes of them. And there's three of those guys. How many more big money Republicans are funneling cash into tax-exempt grifts? that go to support you know, Nazis. You know, what was it? Um, last week we talked about Nick Fuentes having a hissy and saying that Paul Gosar is dead to him. And some of this, some of this uh, bloody fascist nastiness uh, it's, it, it gets mainstreamed. Because former UN Ambassador Nimrata Haley, everybody say it with me, who got punked into thinking she was talking to the President of Poland when she was talking to the morning zoo crew from Moscow 98.8, the vulgar boatman, about an imaginary island country called Bonomo. Well, somebody booked her on Meet the Prostitutes. Where she was asked about her orange god emperor's call for the execution of General Mark Milley. And she couldn't quite bring herself to say that calling for the execution of a of, of a of someone who has criticized you should disqualify you as a presidential candidate. And over on the over on what used to be Twitter, Ruth Ben 
said apparently the idea of executing Milley is now the party line. We're living through real-time preparation for an authoritarian crackdown. We're in the phase of getting the public used to the idea of violence. Having authoritative voices like Haley endorse violence is key. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Ambassador Haley, I want to turn to former President Trump's comments Kristen recently Welker. suggesting that outgoing Joint Ugh. Chiefs Chairman General Mark Milley should be executed for treason. Do you believe those comments in and of themselves mark a threat to the United States national security? Are they disqualifying? Well, I just think it's irresponsible. I mean, you don't need to say things like that. I think that any man or woman that has served our country deserves the highest respect. My husband is a combat veteran. He is deployed right now. They sacrifice a lot. Their families sacrifice a lot. And we should honor them every chance that we get. Ambassador Haley, I want to turn to... Yeah, no. What is it with NBC? They produce some good programming. They've got they, they've got some decent journalists. How is it that the bottom of the pickle barrel always winds up hosting Meet the Prestitutes? I mean, is it the prostitute part? Kristen Welker is replacing Joke Toad. Joke Toad, in turn replaced Disco Dave who did a rap with Turd Blossom Carl Rove. And while everybody else said, Oh Tim Russert, all I ever did was all I ever heard him do was lob softballs at Republicans. Uh, one individual said, responding to that clip, seems like Welker went to the Chuck Todd School of Journalism where you never ask an appropriate, an, an appropriate follow-up question because what if the liars and gaslighters refuse to come back on your show? Bingo! Access Journalism. It's irresponsible to call for someone's execution if they were in the military. It's irresponsible. But I'm not going to say that daddy should get out of the race. Oh, no. And you know, talk about normalizing violence. Oh, uh, and, and uh, George and Korsgold jumping in to help this evening. The new Makba. Uh, thanks for providing, Rob. Thanks, Robin, for providing much needed context regarding this current tragedy in Israel Palestine. Actually, it's the new Nekba, N E K B A, which is a um, the political term from Israel, but the new Makba is. 
kind of accurate too, isn't it? Uh, and uh, David in South Carolina, Stan, who would know, says Nimrata was awful governor, still awful. <laughs> okay. Uh, Stephen New York wants to get us down by another 20 bucks, so he's got a challenge on the table. Ten bucks. In honor of the people of Bonomo who died in the Bowling Green Massacre. Well, at least the challenge part is real. Thanks for that, Steve. So if somebody will kick in ten bucks, Steve will kick in another ten, and we will be uh, we'll be down to seven seventy-five, and a little a little more progress. Then uh, you know, like maybe another seventy-six bucks, and we won't have a four-digit fundraising goal tomorrow. But like I said. Part as Ruth Benjiat is correct, fascists always normalize violence. So, in addition to posting ancient pictures of himself playing tennis, in addition to saying that he has a more fit bod than Joe Biden, at, at a Clavern rally, and I don't think he can even. Uh, fill a bowling alley at this point. But in addition to saying, I have a much better body than him, but I'm not sure I'd want to expose it with the sun blaring down on me. Because the maggots uh, lick it up like kitty with a cream, uh, kitty kittens licking up cream, and then gives them the trots. Uh, when he starts talking about what a tough guy he is, I'm a much better body than him. Why is he going to the beach all the time? What is it with the beaches? Now these are two people that are. Not at all distant in age, but he's very, very old. I could hit a drive. It would take him four shots to catch up. He said, I could just, and he'd go down and like, you know, flicked his finger. It's it, it it's it's the it's it's the it's the maunderings of a madman or of a dementia patient. That's probably more likely it. But speaking of cracks in uh, cracks in the foundation, when he was in Iowa Saturday, he said that uh, melanoma has said that the way he moves on a stage isn't presidential. Well, no. It's not particularly presidential when you have to cling to the prime minister of, of, of the UK's arm to get down a ramp or a general's arm to get down a ramp or you're afraid to go to a memorial service for a battle a hundred years ago in which Marines 
lost their lives in the First World War because it's raining and you might muss your hair. But he likes to do, like, he does this thing on stage where he pantomimes lifting weights. He said, she says it doesn't look presidential. And she doesn't like it when I, when I, when I dance on stage. Did I do it anyway? Because it's much easier to look presidential than it is to do the shtick I do when I'm on stage. And I know it's a common refrain. But jumping Jehoshaphat. What in God's name is wrong with the people who think this guy is good? Or effective? Or, you know, sane? Uh, Ralph's jumped in answering the, uh, uh, the Bonomo challenge that Steve put forward. So we are now down to 775. And, uh, well, 76 gets us below 1,000 tomorrow. If we could raise 175, uh, we'd have last Thursday funded. Thank you all. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, George. Uh, as to the Nakba, it's an Arabic word, al-Nakba. It translates as the disaster, the catastrophe, or the cataclysm. Uh, Flavio serving as our Horn Ad Hoc Nakba Research Department, sent this along. Also known as the Palestinian Catastrophe, was the destruction of Palestinian society and homeland in 1948, and the permanent displacement of a majority of the Palestinian Arabs. The term is used to describe both the events of 1948 and the ongoing occupation of the Palestinians in the Palestinian territories, the occupied West Bank and Gaza as well as their persecution and displacement in the Palestinian territories. The 1948 map was no solution. But it's a hell of a lot better. Well, I'm sure you've all seen that time-lapse map of the encroachment of Israel into Palestinian territory over the decades. Yeah. Dance and Don, Irish Dave, sent this along. In New Hampshire, oh God, it's a rough night, it's a, it's a rough night for the dinner hour, it just is. Got to get the where I can get to the clip. It was New Hampshire when he danced, which apparently melanoma doesn't like. And he was dancing as he went to the podium to talk about uh, 
the attack on Israel. And it's 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 repulsive to start with. And we thought Elaine from we thought Elaine from Seinfeld danced poorly. And everybody's just standing there clapping for him. Yeah, he's, and he danced across the stage and then talked about Israel. Saying, when I was your president, we had peace through strength. Now we have weakness, conflict, and chaos. The atrocities we're witnessing in Israel would never have happened. They happened because of things he did. But you get the idea that they're... uh, Let's just say they're... They're 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 uh, sort of reaching into their jacket pockets and fondling that pack of cigarettes in there down there in the bunker. And uh, over at the Lawfare blog, we found another deadbeat, or I should say Anna Bowers, who is the courts correspondent for Lawfare, found the deadbeat. Turns out to be one of the fake electors in Pennsylvania and a big-time donor to the GOP. Here we are again. A cybersecurity company called XR Visions is suing Bill Bockenberg. Because Bill Bockenberg, the aforementioned big-time Republican donor and fake elector, hired XR Visions uh, to handle cybersecurity for him. And uh, he hired him to investigate election integrity. And they didn't find any, uh, they didn't find any election fraud. They didn't find any voting fraud because there wasn't any. And so now XR Visions is suing him because he went deadbeat on him. Because they couldn't, they didn't produce any voter fraud for him. But that's not all there was to it. According to the Lehigh Valley News, Bill Bockenberg assaulted the process server when uh, when the guy the, when the server handed him the summons. I don't know if it was a guy. Process servers are just process servers. And he hired them originally, Bockenberg and Stephanie Lambert did, to look at voting machines in Fulton County, Pennsylvania. Wrong Fulton County, dipshit. Uh, in the in the uh, uh, lawfare report by Anna Bowers, she says, In March 2022, 
Lambert and Bakkenberg entered into another agreement to have XR Visions perform a forensic analysis on voting machines in Fulton County, Pennsylvania. Lambert represented the county but falsely told XR Visions that she had been authorized to hire them. After Lambert and Bakkenberg expanded the scope of the contract, they were on the hook to pay the company 550, uh, either $55,000 or $550,000 because there's a misprint. And uh, they went on and said, listen, the, the machines are highly insecure, but there's no evidence of tampering or that they'd been hacked. The lawsuit from XR Vision says this report did not find any evidence of election fraud in the 2020 election and defendants were furious. And it is. It's $550,000 that they're dead beating on. Grifters, grifters. And there's an... Oh, by the way, you know, this is Conversation Radio. About a half hour left in the program. And if you've got something you'd like to say, you're welcome to chime in. The uh, stress line number... If there's any new listeners out in the uh, new members of the community thinking, hmm, I've never called a radio program before. Well, this is the program where you can do that. and It's terribly easy. Ask anyone. 844-843-4676. 844-843-4676-844-THE-HORN. And if you prefer Skype, you can always reach out to me, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid Horn, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N, on Skype. Send me a contact request, and we'll be contacts, and you can get to the program that way. I guess, uh, I guess, uh, Rotted FK's big announcement today wasn't quite what uh, he was hoping it would be. His wife, Cheryl Hines, introduced him to the not-crowd, non-adoring. And he got ready to uh, start shrieking into the microphone and then realized he had a little problem. So why don't you please make a lot of noise and welcome the next president of the United States of America, Robert Kennedy Jr. (laughs) Thank you, Cheryl Hines. Hey, I told you he growled. He's fumbling around inside his suit jacket. My speech. Still having trouble, and and his slogan is Kennedy 24. Declare your independence because he's going to be an independent presidential candidate now. 
He's done with being a Democrat. It's upside down. It's upside down. Yeah, yeah, it's upside down. It's upside down. And that's when they killed his audio because it was all going. All right, it's upside down. What? What's upside down, Rotted? Thank you, Dell. You and thank you, Cheryl, for that beautiful introduction and for uh, for beautiful. making me the happiest person, man alive, the most unbelievable wife. Oh, she's unbelievable, all right. She begged people recently not to hold it against her that she was married to an anti-vaxxer. And I hope she, uh, hope she don't, doesn't wind up like his last wife. Robert F. Cock is running as an independent, says Stephen New York. Gee, I'm shocked. I could never have seen that. And once again, his entire his entire family is saying, please don't, please don't, no, please don't. And now, via the Washington Post, the maggot ire has been turned on rotted FK. Uh, the the the, the uh, maggot national committee, headed by Ronna Romney McDaniel, see the beginning of the program, issued a a statement saying, uh, "Rotted FK is just another radical far left Democrat. Make no mistake, a Democrat in independence clothing is still a Democrat. A RFK Jr." cannot hide from his record of endorsing Hillary, supporting the Green New Deal, fighting against the Keystone Pipeline, and praising AOC's tax hikes. At least they didn't say that he came down here and promised to save us all from mountaintop removal. He is your typical elitist liberal, and voters won't be fooled. And then there's uh, Steve Chung. Stephen Chung. Mostly you see that he's Steve, but the Washington Post being all, um, all, all dainty and correct. Stephen Chung, a guy who threw away his career to be a spokes creep for Nitwit Nero, said, Voters should not be deceived by anyone who pretends to have conservative values. RFK candidacy is nothing more than a vanity project for a liberal Kennedy to cash in on his family's name. Because, see, he got no traction as a candidate for the Democratic nomination because everybody saw right through him, especially in light of the fact that he has the blood of God alone knows how many people on his hands uh, as an anti-vaxxer. And now that uh, now that now that he's swung all the way to the right, he is a greater threat to Nitwit Nero 
than he is to Biden. Because Democrats are not going to watch him swanning around with the likes of the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells and think, oh, yeah, there's a, yeah, there, there's Mackay. I said New York. The rally was in Philadelphia. But he didn't do anything to even remotely walk back from his anti-vax uh, paranoia. And he declared himself, how about that, after the frog comments and whatnot, he declared himself in favor of the non, of non-binary politics. And so now there are two independent candidates for president, Robert F. K. and Cornell West. Now, as independent candidates, they will face an uphill battle to get on all 50 ballots. Under the rules on com- uh, of the Commission on Presidential Debates, an independent camp- campaign has to consistently register at 15% support in national polls to qualify for general election debates next year. Meanwhile, in a statement from Rory Kennedy, Kerry Kennedy, Joseph P. Kennedy II, and Kathleen Kennedy Townsend, uh, Those four said, Bobby might share the same name as our father, but he does not share the same values, vision, or judgment. Today's announcement is deeply saddening for us. I got a feeling Thanksgiving at the Kennedy compound in, uh, uh, where um, where is it in Massachusetts? Hyannisport. I got a feeling that uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas are going to be Less than pleasant affairs. And uh, Republicans are now pissed that the uh, Nevada Conservative Political Action Committee, CPAC, or a Nevada meeting of them, uh, has a has Republicans right riled up. And one maggot said, we have to attack him. He'd hurt the eventual nominee. Uh, Billable Rick with a question. Did Robert F.K.'s aide substitute his big candidacy announcement speech for George W. Bush's My Pet Goat book, or was it actually Nitwit Nero's upside-down Bible that he held outside of the church in Lexington Square? Um... Oh, Lafayette Square in D.C., yeah. That's what I thought. I mean, it's upside down. What has he got? Has he got Trump's Bible? Well played, Billable Rick. Uh, Larry in Liberalville says, uh, Robin, I think uh, Orange Julius Geezer's stage presence. Uh, Robin, I think Trump does the arm lifts to show he's in better shape than half the chairs in the audience. Okay. Also, wasn't it a custom in the past for someone who gave away military secrets to the enemy to put, be put in front of a firing squad? Just wondering. 
or, you know, run off to Canada and die in ignominy in uh, England. That's how it worked out for Benedict Arnold, I think. Stay off small planes headed for Nantucket, rotted FK, says uh, Randy Radar. Steve in New York says Thanksgiving in Hyannisport. They'll just make him eat at the kids' table. Even the kids don't. No. Darlene in Connecticut says, uh, I've got a great challenge for Trump and Biden. How about each man? Okay, Trump is actually a fat man, baby, but I digress. Must spend two hours alone in the 5 million liter shark tunnel in Abu Dhabi in the UAE. Oh, man, that would be epic. Come on. Biden would be mesmerized and enthralled while Trump wouldn't dare step one foot through the door. He did say he'd rather die by electrocution than get eaten by a shark. I, I, and Darlene, I'll add as a side note, I too love the shark emoji. He even discussed his fear of sharks with Stormy D before cheating on Melanie with her, didn't he? <laughs> Did he? I mean, yeah. And remember him with the live bald eagle? Yeah, sorry, Ralphs, I know that was gross. And how he ran, 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 ran away. And by the way, uh, earlier, uh, our pal Joy in Ann Arbor said, instead of net, net, instead of Netanyahu, wait for it, Netanyahu, Netanyahu. Well, sorry, TJ. <laughs> As a central Iowan, one, uh, one thanks Robin for the visual. Was just going to get something to eat. Look, you buy the tickets, you take the ride. Actually, the tickets are free. But I, it's years now that I've been ruining, ruining meals in various time zones and even breakfast and lunch for the podcasters. Not like you weren't warned. So I really am curious to find out what they're talking about in the Republican conference this evening. That that that's got to be it. That's that's got to be it. Just please let there be a fly on the wall that wants to talk. One GOP aide, one maggot aide. Uh, they're having a, you know, like I said, they're having a candidate forum tomorrow. And they hope to get 111 votes, either Jordan or Scalise, out of 221 members. But a story from the Daily Beast says that uh, there's a wrinkle. 
There's one particularly unusual factor, however, that could influence the outcome of the race, the long-running beef between McCarthy and Scalise. The Louisiana Republican had always been the clear number two of the House GOP, but Scalise's eagerness to explore a run after McCarthy's first bid for the speakership faltered in 2015 was never quite forgiven. So there's that. But then there's Jim Jacketoff Jordan, endorsed by Nitwit Nero. The same senior GOP aide said there are serious worries about Jordan's political operation. Um, so the small dollar fundraising is a given for someone going for speakership, but his, his Jim Short's lack of major donor relationships is a major red flag for some members. So it's, it's, it's the money they're worried about, not the looking the other way at the rape of young men thing. There, well, there is no moral center to the maggots, but their priorities are always gross. But they're hoping the maggots are uh, via a report in Politico. The maggots are hoping there's a rally round the flag moment. Our hope is that this whole situation would be clarifying for our membership that we need to get our shit together and elect a new speaker. Because stuff like this can happen and we're rudderless and leaderless. What if we were in the kind of scenario for which the rule was originally drafted? Would we actually want a speaker with limited powers who could only drive the House towards the election of a new speaker? That was Molly Reynolds talking to ABC. I'm not sure, and I worry that setting a precedent now could hamstring the House in a future crisis. Well, again, the rule as it was crafted post-9-11 was... What? Um, done in good faith? There is no good faith with these people. They're poisonous. Pure and simple. Rudderless and leaderless, yeah. And no, Patrick McHenry does not, you know, Speaker Pro Tem McKeebler has no... uh, authority to act whatsoever beyond trying to elect a new speaker. And so we're kind of screwed. We need to get our shit together. Wow, good for you. Good luck. And since we were talking Nazis earlier, 
the AFD, Alternative for Deutschland Party, which is basically Nazis without the fashion sense, uh, is crowing about a strong showing for AFD in Bavaria and Hesse. The AFD is no longer an Eastern phenomenon, but it has become an all-German people's party. Really, a people's party. What do you, what do you know? We have arrived, the words of uh, Alice Weidel at a press conference today in Berlin. They came, th- they came in third in Bavaria and second in Hesse. Hesse. And that's about a quarter, those two states are about a quarter of the entire German population. In Germany, Alice Weidel continued, we are clearly seeing a swing of voters from left to right. Yeah, y'all have seen that swing before, haven't you? Nothing good, nothing good ever comes of the rise of Nazis. I mentioned Mike Lawler earlier. He's from one of those Biden won it districts, and he can almost smell his return to private life. And so he's been he's been throwing a hissy on social media. This is why you don't remove a speaker midterm without cause. What an unmitigated shit show. And yet he's gonna have to vote for two more cast members from the shit show, you know? Oh, by the way, uh, Dan Patrick, not the good one, the lieutenant governor of Texas who got called out by the Speaker of the Texas House in the story earlier, uh, he's not real happy about being name-checked. I didn't think even Dade Phelan would stoop this low. He has now absolutely hit rock bottom. His latest political stunt is disgusting, despicable, and disingenuous. With nearly a thousand dead and over a hundred kidnapped, anyone would use the war in Israel for their own political purposes as revolting, repulsive, and repugnant. Nick Fuentes and his anti-Semitic rhetoric have no place in the new 90 states, and those who spew such such vile, loathsome abominations will have to answer for it. Well, one way to make them answer for it there, Danny boy, is for you to give back the three million dollars. Anybody use these invectives for their own political gain is below contempt. I'm calling on Dade Phelan to resign his position before the House gavels in this afternoon. There's no place in Texas political discourse for any elected official to use the atrocities in Israel for their own political gain. That's what Dade Phelan's doing. At this point, he's simply got to go. And some of this may all be fallout from the uh, impeachment and trial of Ken Paxton.
these things are to be expected in fascist movements. But the bottom line is that, well, Dan Patrick took three million dollars from the guy, uh, the, the from the pack run by the guy who invited Nick Fuentes uh, to a little get together at Pale Horse Strategies, and Dan Patrick was uh, desperately saying, "No, look over there." Where's the three million? We got the three million still, right? Okay, cool. So uh, uh, let me run over. Someone that's waiting patiently on the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Well, somewhat patiently. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) I can. I know. It's like three, six stories later. But uh, there's so many morons and so little time. And three hours, well, that's... That's a big chunk of time, but yeah, it is, uh, and and, and I, I can't I'm here for all. Of it. Yeah, I can't. I I, I can't even. I, even with three hours, I can't right. cram it in. I still I still end up with stuff in the right. stack that deserved to be, but didn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. The fire hose theory of uh, Republican fascism. Yeah. Uh, I I prefer. I like the shark shark option. Uh, you know, Trump uh, probably looks like a walrus to a shark. Great white, right? <laughs> great white, and the sun a white. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not funny. Uh, shit, I tried so hard. Huh? <laughs> uh, no, it's so depressing. So my my go to is I'm gonna try to be funny. You know, great white and a walrus like Trump. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's, that's, a, shitty, uh, that's a shitty. Scenario. That's a shitty thing that's to compare a walrus to. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about the walrus. Huh? Uh, it's really beating on the seals, uh, but. Um, I get off track again. <laughs> you always do. There's like so many stories that you can't even really cover it. And I, I try to have a coherent thought. I, I don't know how you're not like schizophrenic. Maybe you are. No, no. So far, uh, I'm not. I, no, I am. Uh, not in a pejorative way. But uh, my, my thoughts about schizophrenia is they can't process all of the information. It's not just uh, like political thought. It's uh, sounds and types, and so the mechanism in their heads they they, they can't partial partial uh, part out the the stimuli, right? Because there's you can imagine there's so many things. Your eyes, your brain kind of process your eyes, your ears. And yeah, it's all doctor uh, <laughs> psychology stuff. I know it's probably boring. Sorry about that. No, not not at all. You're fine. Uh, there is one more thing, and, and uh, while uh, while I've got you here, we'll we'll just listen to it together. 
Liz Cheney has a has a definite opinion about the Speaker of the House race, beyond the fact that it's a shit show. This is pretty good, and it's a good reminder. Yeah. You know, she she was privy to all the stuff that the J Six Commission saw, and she, as a member of the House of House of Representatives, actually did. The de minimis, one thing that she had actually taken an oath to do, that is to support the Constitution against the domestic terrorists. And uh, she's been talking about uh, what a nightmare it would be to let Jim Jacket off Jordan have the gavel. Knew more about what Donald Trump had planned for January 6th than any other member of the House of Representatives. And if the Republicans decide that Jim Jordan should be the Speaker of the House. Um, there will, and I, by the way, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll lose. But if they were to decide that, there would no longer be any possible way to argue that a group of elected Republicans could be counted on to defend the Constitution. Former Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney with that take on a possible Jim Jordan speakership. Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. No. No, she isn't. The, the, the sad thing is the only people taking... Uh, I'm the, sorry, the, the only, I'm going to start cursing. The, the, sad thing, though, the sad thing, though, is that the only people taking her seriously... Well, she's not she's not reaching the people she needs to reach. Yeah, the maggots won't have it, won't hear. They've been into a call. Remember, she was replaced in Wyoming. She was replaced in her congressional seat by Harriet Hageman, (laughs) who was catapulted simply because she didn't like what Liz said, and she. You know, got her uh, head so far up nitwit Nero's ass, Harriet Hageman did, that you can see her smiling face when he yawns. There's so much goddamn money sloshing around the Republican circles. It's disgusting. These rich people, the oligarchs of this country... Uh, we shouldn't have billionaires. That's a that's a nation in decline. We shouldn't have people that can uh, well just shut off the satellites. You know, we have scum. You fucker. <laughs> and Jim Jordan's going to speak for uh, three hundred thirty million Americans. You know, I don't think so, dude. No, I mean they'd have to. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. Minorities. Apparently, it's uh, it's a, yeah. apparently it's just a fox joint. So uh, only the only the shut in denizens of that network will get it. I think. Right, and so it's like they built an impenetrable fortress around themselves. Uh, Again, so they can call. You know, they control every aspect of reality that you see. Yikes, Robin. I I know. I'm always always trying to be uh, 
happy and make jokes, but I always felt fucking sad because I am. Well, so you got to you got you got you got to laugh to keep from smiling. It's okay, Ken. Yeah, this is therapy for me. This community that revolves around you. Don't forget that because you're the you're the shining light. You're the sun. I, I know. Here, <laughs> tell your ex-wife to get the sea clamp out. <laughs> oh, well. And then, I will. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I will. I will. Yeah. <laughs> but we are out of time, Ken. I hope you. It's okay. probably even colder up there than it is here, and it's getting it's getting cold here. Oh no! It's not, you gotta oh. you gotta you gotta stay warm. It's pretty and, warm. Uh, <laughs> it's it dropped like twenty five thirty degrees, uh, like in the past couple of days. Yeah. And, uh, and I gotta rake nuts and. Um, that sounds dirty, but it isn't dark hickory nuts. <laughs> and then the leaves are coming yet. So in a couple of weeks, the leaves will start turning and falling. Seriously. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you take anyway, care of yourself, Ken. Have a good evening, my you friend. You too. Hi. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. That's Ken up in Erie. Uh, note coming in from uh, Scary Jerry. Hey, 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 Scary Jerry. My God told me the Dolphins would be the last Super Bowl team. It's the very real punchline to my personal joke as to when will the Dolphins win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Getting killed at a rave is one of my most primal of fears. Unfortunately, doesn't seem unfounded. Israel was ambivalent about the goings-on in Ukraine. Now Israel wants to kill people on an industrial scale. Get off the couches, they say. Would Bibi and Pudi collaborate on misery and control? Is Putin the king of the East that ends the world? Revelations? Gog and Magog, Jerry. Gog and Magog. Moron is too small a word this Monday. Monsters and the Mendacious. Better tagline. Be well, Robin. Interesting times indeed. Oh yeah, Jerry. May you live in interesting times. It's not a blessing. It's a curse. Wait, what? Says Darlene. Harriet Hageman actually smiles? LMAO. She's a nasty piece of work. Yeah, she is. And, and it tells you everything you want to know about her character. That she used to be... You know, she used to be uh, BFFs with Liz. You know, they were ladies who lunched and babes who brunched. But she put that all right down the swirler for a chance to be, to, to, to bask in the reflected glow of an orange monstrosity. Never understanding, of course, that that reflected glow is toxic. Uh, this past Thursday, Liz Cheney spoke to about 1,100 people at the 40th anniversary Mansfield Dialogues at the University of Montana. And the audience that's described in, in left-leaning Missoula gave her a standing ovation. She took questions from former Governor Mark Rassico. Uh, and then answered audience questions 
that were presented by a political scientist at the university. And she said a lot, not just that one little clip. She said that the police who defended the Capitol prevented a massacre. But she also said what passes for American democracy is still in grave danger. Based on the findings of the J6 uh, Commission, she said that Jacket Off Jordan helped nitwit Nero and failed to let Capitol Police know of impending violence. She said, and this is a quote, It's important for the American people not to let the ferocity of that battle leave our consciousness. It's important to go back and remember to look at the video of that battle, particularly along the west front of the Capitol. And if the doors had not held, if those police officers had not fought so valiantly, we would have had a massacre that day. And uh, I mean, she's not wrong. But then, because she is who she is, she had to go all both siderism. Both parties have vitriol and toxicity. But then she said, only one candidate running for president has called for violence against his political opponents. And stepping back, perhaps a bit from the both siderism she had just committed, said, "This is not moral equivalence. We have to really make sure, as a nation, we think about what that means, and that we stand together to make sure that violence is not part of our political process." And she said the notion that the Republican Party is anywhere close to contemplating putting Jim Jordan into the position of Speaker of the House is something that tells you the level of risk we face in our democracy today. We need to remember what Donald Trump did as it is as evil as you can imagine and as much a dereliction of duty from an American president as we have ever seen. Mark Rassico, however, said, Why is there a herd mentality? And then she got in a shot at Harriet and said, you know, the, 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 um, the number of people who truly think the election was stolen is small. And she said, maybe two, and one of them might be one of your representatives here in Montana. Oh, wait, that's not Harriet. That's Matt Rosendale. Who thinks he might like to take a run at John Teaster again. When he got thumped in 2018. and added that Republicans have a complete lack of courage, her words, and can't stand up for the Constitution. Mark Rassico uh, described Nitwit Nero as cruel and deranged. and She agreed. And 
and said, if Republicans abandon their values, the party becomes dangerous to democracy. If? If? If has no business in that sentence in 2023. And then finally, she said, one of the casualties, frankly, of the Trump era has been not having leaders who talk about the tremendous goodness of this country and remind us of the blessings of America. She said it gets her worked up. It doesn't mean that we're without flaws, but my God, what an amazing place. And yet, and yet, one of the co-conspirators of January 6th has some kind of chance to become Speaker of the House and second in line to the presidency. Wow. So that's the program. Thank you. Glad you could join in. Thanks for all the emails and commentary, thoughts. Thanks for the call, Ken. Let's see what tomorrow brings. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Y'all got us down to uh, 775, which means we'll be at 1075 tomorrow. But the good news is $175 and we're done with last Thursday. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Roger in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe to the podcast. Hit that like button every episode. Tell your friends and neighbors there's a fascinating conversation going on here with a lot of smart people. And they can join in the smart people. Be part of that smart conversation. Leave a comment for the algorithms. Maybe maybe tell the algorithms that. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Still working on that. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. It's time to get your booster, time to get your RSV vaccine, time to get your flu shot. Wear your mask when you're around maggots and, and when you're around people generally, it's, you know, the virus is on their eyes. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry some with you, pocket or purse. I keep some here in the studio even. And uh, if, um, if, if somebody from a, an old and respected political family comes towards you saying, can't read it like that. It's upside down. 
Well, avoid rotted FK like the plague. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.